You are listening to Investing Matters, brought to you in association with London Southeast. This is the show that provides informative, educational, and entertaining content from the world of investing. We do not give advice, so please do your own research. A very good afternoon to you, ladies and gents. Today, I've got a very, very special Investing Matters podcast live for you from the Master Investor Show. I will be talking with very special guests, Algie Fall, Jay Younger, Moira O'Neill, and Ian Barnes. We'll be talking about investing in uncertain times. Be a fantastic panel session. Love to see you there. Take care. God bless. Hello again, Algie. Hello. Good to see you again, sir. Yeah, great to see you. Right, so Algie, you're going to do the Investing Matters panel with me today. Can't wait. Good man. <laughs> Just give us a quick overview of your panel session. What's it going to contain? What can we look forward to? Well, I, I think probably um, there's a single word which can summarise it, which is stress. Because um, you've, obviously you, you want to talk about uncertainty. And really, I think, you know, when times are uncertain, what we're feeling is stress underlying it all. And we're worried about losing money. And when we're stressed, the way we behave alters. There have been lots of tests. And fundamentally, we behave in just different ways. And so there are ways that we can get a grip on ourselves and get a grip on our decision making. So I thought that would be the most useful thing that um, I could contribute to our panel today. I think that would be absolutely fantastic. I look forward to hearing it, Algie. Thank you ever so much for coming on and helping us out with this today. Pleasure. Hi, Jay. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Thank you ever so much for agreeing to come on to this Investing Matters podcast yeah. live session with us. Can you just give us an overview of what your talk is going to be like today? Yeah, so today I'm going to be talking about investing in uncertain times and how important it is to stick to your investment process. So I'm going to highlight Aubrey's key investment process, so the key, the key parts of that, specifically investing companies with a 15% earnings per share growth, along with a company which can generate a 15% cash flow return on assets, why we get to 15%, why we believe that's a minimum hurdle rate, and then by finishing off by saying no one is perfect at timing the market. However, if you have a strong investment philosophy, investing companies 15% earnings per share growth, and a strong valuation discipline, regardless of your market timing, you should outperform the market. Brilliant. I think you're going to smash it today, mate. Wish you all the very best with your success. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Take it. Care. Hello again, Moira. Hello. Thank you ever so much for coming on to the Investing Matters panel with me today. Pleasure. I just wanted to ask you to just give us a brief overview, synopsis of the talk we're going to have a bit later on today. Of course. Well, it's about what investing in certain times means to me. And um, I think that most people feel very uncertain about investing most of the time. Um, and if the markets go wobbly, then there are all sorts of practical things you can do to give you comfort. So I'm going to run through my favourites and hopefully give everybody something that they can do to get some control over, back over their investments. Thank you ever so much. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Cool. And I think it'll be very high quality stuff from you as always. <laughs> I'll do my best. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Okay, so this is Ian. Chief Investment Officer of NetWell. You're going to give a little talk today on investing in uncertain times. Can you share with us a little synopsis of your talk today, please? Right, so effectively there are the two components that we think are important um, when investing in uncertain times. The first of which is to offer uh, diversified, robust investment portfolios that can manage a range of different economic and market environments. And the second is to give informed financial planning with qualified advisors, all wrapped up in a technological framework to give people confidence that they're on track to, to get where they need to be from a financial point of view. Brilliant. I'm really looking forward to your talk. 
Thank yeah. you for supporting us today on this. Thank you. Okay, thank you ever so much for coming into this live Investing Matters panel session with me. I hope you've had a look at your notes earlier to see the prestigious four, magnificent four that I've got as guests on my panel today. And what we have is a discussion today on investing in uncertain times. Why? Because we are in very uncertain times. Um, so who am I? I'm Peter Higgins. I'm the host of the Investing Matters podcast, which is part of the London South East brand. And they commissioned me to put together a library of investing content to educate all investors from all strata and all experiences. And what I've been doing is interviewing fund managers, economists and analysts and journalists of like to just share their investing journeys. And I'm blessed today to have with me um, Moira O'Neill. Let's have a little wave, Moira. Uh, Award-winning freelance investment specialist and currently the a columnist with the Financial Times with a vast array of experience. And I've got Jay Younger, a little wave there from Jay, investment analyst at Aubrey Capital. And I've got the smiley face assassin, which is the award-winning journalist and author and investment editor at CityWire, elite companies, Algie Hall. And I have also got Ian Barnes, chief investment officer at NetWealth. And they're all gonna do a four minute talk for you today on strategies to navigate uncertain times. So I'm gonna share this quote with you from the, the father of efficient markets. And that person is Peter Bernstein. And Peter's quote is, the fundamental law of investing is the uncertainty of the future. And with that note, I'm gonna start with Moira. Moira, would you grace with your presence and share your strategies for investing in certain times for us, please? Sure, yeah. Um, you you can either come up here or cool. you can sit down. It's I'll come up you. then and see more okay. of you from here. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for Moira, please. So I'm going to defer on the investment stuff to my esteemed colleagues over here, but um, I'm going to focus on the practical stuff that you can do as an investor to feel more in control um, when you, things are feeling uncertain. And the first thing I do is I look at a long-term graph of the stock market because that gives me confidence. Um, it makes me feel like, you know, along the way, there have been these horrible blips in the road. Um, we've seen war, awful things happening. The stock market's done a dip and then it's gone on to rise up. And I think you can show that to anyone who's interested in starting investing to give them a bit of confidence too. And of course, we always have to say it's not necessarily going to pan out that way. But for me, that gives me confidence. And then I think you do have to acknowledge that a lot of things are out of your control. Markets are out of our control, pol politics are out of our control. Um, but the thing which is on our side is time. Um, that, that There are not that many 10-year periods in the stock market where things have gone completely pear-shaped for investors, so fingers crossed we're not gonna have one. Um, but I think you could also do lots of things that are in your control to make your financial position better. Um, and one is to keep your costs low. Um, I bang the drum about this a lot. So whatever platform you're using, has that got the right charging structure for you? Could you move your investments elsewhere to get a better deal? Um, you can consolidate your pensions um, to get your costs low as well. Lots of us have um, old pensions that were from our earlier careers that we could that might be a few thousand or so. Put them together in one, get a good play, good deal for 
the pension management. And then are we using our tax reliefs? Um, I hope we, you all are in this room. You're probably using your vices, et cetera. But so many people don't do it, or they put it off, or they have things in a general investment account, and they don't move it in. And of course, capital gains allowances, dividend allowances are about, well, they have, they have been slashed. They're going to be slashed again next year. It becomes really, really important to have your investments in, a, in a, an environment where they are, they are growing free of tax. Um, are you getting as much pension tax relief as you could be? Um, really important to give your pension to boost, get that income tax relief as well. And then on the whole investment decision-making front, because when things are feeling um, really um, uncertain, that can make you feel emotional. Um, and we have to acknowledge that we are emotional <coughs> beings. We can rush into decisions. We can put them off just for, for fear of getting it wrong. Um, I think it's really important when you're feeling that way to carry on making decisions, but to make them in a rational way. So if you can write down why you're making the decision, why you're putting it into an ISA, why you're buying this um, share, why you're buying this fund, etc., and, and just write it down for your own comfort, that's a really great way to sort of master a bit of control. Um, we don't have to rush into things. You can put your money into, into tax wrappers such as ISAs and just keep it in cash, park it in cash for a while while you make, while you, while you, you make your decision. Um, and the other thing which is a brilliant discipline is um, drip feeding your money. Um, so paying yourself first, drip feeding in on a monthly basis and making sure that um, you, you carry on investing through thick and thin because when the markets are going like this. If you can keep on buying, you can um, get, put yourself an advantage by automatically buying on the dips and buying less when the market goes up as well. Um, when you look at your portfolio, I'm not a portfolio strategist, but there are some basic things I do for my own, and I probably do it once a year. Um, that's to just check how risky it is, how, how it's performed, um, check the mix of asset classes, have I got enough equities? Um, have, I got, have I got bonds, commercial property, gold exposure, some other things that hopefully will perform differently to the equities in there? And then is it spread um, geographically? So am I um, lowering my political risk by spreading um, my investments around the world? And then also, do I have different sectors in there, different industries, etc.? Um, I mean, infrastructure, food, things in, in certain times that keep delivering um, are always uh, good, solid things to have in there. Um, and the other thing is to make sure that you have different company sizes, so mixtures of the big players and the smaller players and the medium players. I think it's just to give yourself a sense check um, every year. And then the other thing which I, um, when I worked with Algae at Investors Chronicle, I used to look at reader portfolios and analyze those. And we always saw people collecting investments at great length. So there was always uh, like a mixed bag in there of all things that maybe looked a good, good idea 10 years ago. Do you really want to be holding it today? Spring, do a spring clean. Um, check that if you would buy it today and have that, that in, you know, in your mind. And if there's anything that is there, which is a tiny, tiny, minuscule bit of your portfolio, you can just ditch it. 
Um, so if it's under 1%, it's not contributing much to the overall return. Consider ditching it and tidying it up, having less to think about, because that's where you get these, the control back. Um, and I would also always, when you're looking at investments, consider your whole financial picture. So are there assets that you could fall back on in a worst case scenario, because that gives you comfort as well. And I think a lot of people, if you're in retirement or nearing retirement, the asset that most of us hopefully have is a home. That's always something to fall back on there. Um, could you downsize? Have you had a conversation with your children about whether they would encourage that or not, etc.? Um, and then something which I've written about um, quite recently uh, in the Financial Times is to use a free cash flow, flow planner to look at how your investments could pan out under different scenarios, because then it gives you an idea of the range. And there are some great tools out there. I'm going to give uh, NetWealth a plug, which is uh, my colleague over there. Um, but there are some others which are called Financial Mentor or Guide, which you can put your pensions investments into the planner, and you can say what growth rate you think you're going to get or what inflation rate there's going to be and see how it pans out over your lifetime and if your money's going to last for you. And I would use one of those at least once a year. So by doing all of these things that give you back some control, I think you can feel less uncertain. I hope that's been helpful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Moira. Brilliant. Thank you. Rom, Aubrey Capital to share with you. Another strategy regarding investing on certain times. Jay, take the stage or seat if you want to. Yeah, I mean, I could sit here if it's easier for everyone. Go for it. Um, oh, unless you now. don't have a seat then. <laughs> I'll have your seat. <laughs> no, you sit, you sit. You go for it, you go for it. Um, yeah, I think when, when investing in uncertain times, it can be quite tempting to change one's investment strategy. So, for example, we've seen Russia invading Ukraine. We've seen interest rates rising and inflation pumping. And during 2022, as a growth investor, um, it might be quite tempting to allocate capital to those sectors which are predominantly characterized by, say, lower PE multiples, because those sectors were typically outperforming, such as energy, dominated by oil and, uh, oil and gas companies, financials, dominated by banks. Whereas, as a growth investor, you're probably in sectors which are characterized by quite high PE multiples, so things like information technology and consumer discretionary stocks. And it was quite disheartening to see that despite these companies having earnings per share growth much greater than the market or even greater than those sectors which were outperforming, they experienced the most derating. So why would you not change your investment strategy and allocate capital to those outperforming sectors such as oil and gas and financials? Well, the answer is a proven track record. I've only been in the industry for six years, uh, minus a two-month sabbatical uh, last year where I got lost in Mallorca. Um, <laughs> But over my six years in the industry, I've seen how a strategy which is dedicated to growth investment outperform. And a key part of that investment process, Aubrey Capital Management, is investing in companies which can grow their earnings at 15% per annum year on year, and investing in companies which have a cash flow return on assets of 15% per annum, what we call the self-finance organic growth rate. And the reason why we choose 15% is if you look at the historical equity market returns over each year, they typically generate about 5% real rate of return. You then need to add an adjustment factor onto this uh, for inflation, so call it 4 or 5%. So that gives you a nominal rate of return around about 9 or 10%. 
you then need to take into account the fact that as active managers, we need to justify our existence. So we need to outperform the market by typically a two or 3% each year. So that takes you to a rate of return of around about 10 or 11%. You then need to take into account that not all our decisions are correct. Sometimes we get them wrong. So if we make the assumption that we get around about 70% of our decisions correct, if you divide 10 or 11% by 70%, you get de facto 15%. And a key point of this 15% is that that takes into account all the variables that we just spoke about there, the assumptions for getting things wrong, inflation, and the historical equity market performance. And a long-term belief at Aubrey is that the company that you invest in, its external share price performance will only mirror that of its cash flow return on assets. It will be no greater than that over the long term. So therefore, it's really important when you're constructing portfolios to construct them with companies which have a higher cash flow return on assets as possible, also known as the wealth creation of these companies. I mean, at Aubrey, we never claim to be perfect market timers. And I think, in fact, many few people are. So if we go back to that assumption of 70%, getting your decisions right 70% of the time, if you perfectly market time the first chance, you've got 70%. The second chance, you've got 70% of that 70%, which is a probability of 49%. And then to get the third decision right of the 70%, that's a probability of 34%. Where by contrast, investing in companies which can achieve at least a 15% per annum uh, earnings per share growth, along with a 15% cash flow return on assets, along with a strict valuation discipline, regardless of market timing, you should outperform in the long term. So that's all I've got to say about investing in uncertain times. Thank you very much, Jay. Jay from Orbit Capital. Okay, I'll, I'll stay here this time. Um, my next guest is a phenomenal author and editor of CityWire Elite Companies, Algie Hall. Thank Round you. Applause, Algie Hall, please. Thank you. Um, I'm going to stand up. It was, yeah, I'm a stander when it comes to speaking. Um, <laughs> hello. Um, yeah, so I, I thought, Peter, that was a great quote you started with, the quote about uncertainty, because um, we're talking about uncertain times, but one constant in investing is uncertainty. You never know what's going to you know, happen around the corner. Often the risks that we see um, in, in the market at one time, they, you know, they, they, they stay there for years and years, and then suddenly they spring out and hit you. So... Um, Uncertainty is always there, but I think when we talk about uncertain times, what we actually mean is stressful times. And normally people feel most uncertain when you know, we've lost some money and we're wondering whether we're going to lose more money, and it's a horrible feeling. Um, but it also is incredibly interesting psychologically because um, as, as um, humans, and which is common with other animals, we, when, we're, when we're under stress, we um, actually change the way we view the world around us. Our time horizons shorten significantly. So rather than thinking about um, the charts, which um, Moira was talking about, the long-term um, you know, kind of charts of investments compounding and us becoming rich, we think about tomorrow and the fact that the markets may open and we may lose a significant amount of money. It'll feel like that at the time. It's visceral and um, we just, you know, we want to deal with the pain. And um, when we're under those kind of pressures, we can make you know, really silly decisions quite often. Um, I mean, some, sometimes you know, it's, like, it's, it's not always the fact that um, we don't need to make decisions, because we do. 
But if we haven't got a plan, we can really, you know, we can, we can go wrong. We don't know why we're doing what we're doing, and we can do the wrong thing. Um, also, at these times of stress, um, one of the really interesting things is that we feel a need to latch on to narratives. We feel like we want stories which are going to explain everything to us, which is, you know, is almost the opposite of uncertainty. Uncertainty is the fact that we just don't know a lot of things. We can't predict a lot of things. We'll look at history and we'll see the stories which have played out over history and, we'll, and lots of things will look um, very certain in the rear view mirror, but we fail to be able to appreciate that actually during that time, the outcomes weren't certain. They could have been very different had things played out differently. So um, we, we look for explanations which don't exist. Um, and that can also make us do dangerous things. So anyway, what's all this getting to? Well, um, what I think is you know, m the most important thing to understand about uncertain times is that ahead of um, entering a moment of stress in markets, you need to have your plan sorted out already. You need to really think about, you know, what am I going to do? I know as an investor that, you know, when I look at these long-term graphs, they're all these jumps down. And, um, you know, if you've been through one, you know what they feel like. They feel ghastly. They feel like, you know, the world's ending, you know, the whole financial system's falling apart, you know, whatever it is. It, like, you know, you, and, and even if you know it's not rational, you feel it. So um, you need to plan ahead of time what you're going to do in those circumstances. Do you just do nothing? That could be absolutely fine. Do you just rebalance? Or you know, do you think you have some kind of advantage, which means you're going to be able to trade it? I mean, I'm, I'm not a believer in market timing, and I think very few people actually are, because um, the record isn't, isn't that great. But you know, if you do believe you've got that, know exactly why you think you've got that. Know what you think your advantage is. And, um, Echoing something that Maura said, the best way you can put that plan in place is write it down. Writing, I mean, I'm a journalist, so you'd expect me to say something nice about writing, but, um, but um, writing's incredibly powerful, just in terms of getting your thoughts in order. If you actually have to put them on paper, there's no better way to um, check that they make sense. And then also, if you want to make them usable in the future, to get them as succinct as possible, to get them down, you know, bullet points, a few clear rules to yourself when you won't be thinking straight because you'll be under stress. It's invaluable. Um, and also just to extend that, to extend that idea of planning. The, your most important plan is knowing what your objectives are and knowing what you're going to do during uncertain times, during times of stress. But you can also extend this idea of writing an investment journal for all your individual investments. So you actually know ahead of time what you think is going to happen, so you can judge whether that happens or not, and also what you think may go wrong, what, you know, what, what you'll re will really alert you to the fact that, oh, this isn't working out how I thought it would. I, you know, this is, this is, it is not what I thought, you know, thought it would be, so actually, you know, time out. I'm going to sell this and try to move on to something else. But... Um, I think that's really, you know, without going into the um, myriad out of ways you can create your journal, just to actually try and start having a written plan and um, also do it for your individual investments. It's, um, it'll, it'll make everyone in this room, if you're not doing it already, a better investor. And it'll happen quickly and it'll be 
amazing if you um, if if you start to do it. I, rec I couldn't recommend anything more. Anyway, that's it. Thank you very much, LJ Hall. Thank you. Thank you, LJ. And now I've got my final panel guest. It is Ian Barnes, Chief Investment Officer at Netwell. Thank you, Ian. Um, hi, everyone. Thank you very much for, for your time. Um, I'm going to just talk a little bit about how, how we see the world and the important things of, uh, of managing money in uncertain times. And I'm going to touch on a few, a few of the points that I think were raised by, um, by colleagues here. And the first one is really about discipline. That's something that really resonated for me from all of the three different um, speakers as, as, as important points to note. And keeping, keeping a structure is something you're happy with. So um, at NetWealth, we, we were launched in 2016. Um, by a group of people who've uh, had uh, different careers around uh, various institutions in the city and trying to take the best parts of a traditional wealth manager and, and wrap it into a more technologically enabled sort of framework. And by that, by that way, sort of taking the best of, of both worlds, if you like. And when I think about the important things that are uh, 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 keeping in mind when, when managing money in times of uncertainty, there, there are two aspects I'd like to, to focus on. First one is our investment approach. So um, as the leader of our, our investment strategy, um, it's our responsibility of, uh, of building diversified, robust investment portfolios that can, can manage a, a range of different uh, market and economic environments. And we've certainly seen quite a few of those recently. Um, the second is, is making sure there's a little bit of flexibility. And again, something Algi touched on is that within your framework, making sure that you're able to to, to um, shift things a little bit as and, as and when you need. The most important part, however, that we always focus on is efficiency. So we have a centralized investment proposition. So everyone looks up, everyone's money is looked after by the same um, investment team. And importantly, we uh, maintain efficiency across the, the, the range of portfolios. So we invest predominantly in exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, because we feel it gives us like, focused exposure to the areas we want to, to target. Um, but also doing so at low cost. And that low cost component is, is really, really important because it gives a, a huge tailwind to um, the performance that clients can see. So uh, you get a compounding effect that fees are low and more returns get built up through time. The second part, however, that um, we think is important when, when looking at uncertainty is, is the wider um, approach. Now, net wealth is what we call a hybrid uh, company. So it's taking um, high quality uh, tech. Half of my colleagues are, are developers or engineers. Um, and by offering a strong tech framework, you're able to make sure that you can understand and interrogate your investment um, strategy um, as, as you see fit. And that, that, that level of transparency and clarity is something that we felt is quite is, is, is always needed and is something that's sadly quite lacking across a lot of the a lot of the industry. The other part, however, is the hybrid is a marriage with qualified um, investment professionals. So um, financial planning, um, enabling people to, to check in on uh, on the way that they're set up to, to deliver on their investment objectives is is key. So having access to those people as and when you need it is, uh, is, is vitally important when things change. We decided, however, to take things a little bit further, and I was delighted that Moira mentioned it, um, with the launch of a service called MyNetWealth, which is basically uh, a wealth 
tracking and forward planning tool um, that's available to make sure that all of your investments, wherever they might be, are on track. So you don't have to rely on um, spreadsheets that you've put together. Now, it's a consolidator, so um, you can take ISAs that are in one place or um, your pension being managed by someone else, or a lot of you may be DIY investors, have stocks and shares that you like in, in, in various different platforms. Put them all in one place so you can see how things are going and keep an eye, keep an eye on things as needed. Um, the, the key part is that it's, it's free. Um, you don't have to be a net wealth client to, to be able to use it, so I'd love everyone to, to log on, have a play around, um, and just be able to, to, to keep an eye on everything. The, the next component is that um, it's, uh, for, for, for users of My Net Wealth, we offer a, a sort of financial planning MOT, so a low-cost um, check-in that you can do periodically with one of our qualified advisors just to make sure that your own plans are on track and you're happy with all of those different moving parts um, that are available. So, so from our point of view, um, I'd say that the two things that are the most important is making sure that you've got access to diversified investment exposure. You're not subject to the market changing its mind on what's attractive or not at any given point in time. So you don't have any too many surprises. And secondly, have some sort of framework in place whereby you can check in either on your own or with someone who is able to offer um, advice, whether that's formal advice on an ongoing basis or just a, a quick check-in to make sure that everything's on track and just so you've got an eye on everything as, as it should be. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ian. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, guys, I'm conscious we've only got three minutes left, so we're going to take two possible questions from the floor. And when you ask your question, when the mic comes to you, please can you direct your question <coughs> to the individual on the panel you want to answer it. Anybody, any hands? Anybody that's got a question? Yes, sir, on the chat there at the front row. Have we got a second hand anywhere we can get to next? Not at the moment. Okay, go for it. <coughs> when China invades Taiwan, would it be sensible to panic early and sell them completely into cash accepting gold? Very interesting question, sir. Who is it to? Sorry? Who is it to? All five. All five? <laughs> a generalist question. Who's more competent to answer? Who's the magic man? Magic person. Who wants to go with that? Can I answer that? No. <laughs> well, I'll go do... for it. Well, um... Very quick reply, please, because we've got to try and get a second question in. I, I, oh God, actually, I, 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 don't, I don't have an answer on the, spe the specifics, but um, I mean, yeah, that, that's, it's obviously something which, in, in terms of the um, potential massive events in the stock market, it's something that is, is the biggest fear probably at the moment, because Taiwan is such, you know, so significant and, um, you know, significant to the US as well as it is to China. And um, there's so much manufacturing of really high-value products which go on there. Um, definitely, there would be a case, though, for saying, you know, if, if that was to happen, the stock market would be complete. Yeah, you know, you'd, you'd expect the stock market to have a wobble, indeed. So um, if you think it's going to happen, you would want to stretch your portfolio accordingly. Thank you, Andy. Go, go on, Ian. Go on, please do. 
So I was just going to say, like, super, super quickly, and basically, who knows, right? I mean, if, if, if recent history teaches us anything, it's you just don't know when markets are going to decide, you know, what's important and for how long. And markets have responded in many different ways to all sorts of different events. So you've just got to make sure you've got, a, got enough of a sense of, of things that respond differently to different events, is what I would say. It's impossible to second guess. Do we have a second question? Yes, sir. We'll get, the, we'll get the mic to you. Just bear with one second. Just uh, third, fourth round. There you go. Uh, this is about. Go for it. Snowball. Hello, hello. Good. Yeah, can go you for it. Well, speak up a little bit? Net for us. wealth you have been talking about. I just want to know roughly what are your returns per on average basis because you say you run on very low cost uh, charges. So what are the roughly returns per year on the basis of the investments? Uh, well, uh, so, so we, we, range, uh, we, we invest a, a range of different strategies for different appetites of risk. So it really depends where on that spectrum you choose. Um, but delighted for the question. We're really happy with the way that we've, uh, we've beaten the, you know, the peer group of wealth managers. So it, 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 depends on, it depends on the period. Our riskiest strategy is targeting inflation plus 3.5% over time. Now, that is a, obviously, that varies. You don't get that year in, year out. And when inflation is running as hot as it is at the moment, you wouldn't necessarily be able to, to add to that. But in aggregate, um, we've beaten the peer group by 1.75% at the higher end of our risk um, uh, spectrum per annum over that period. So the, the tailwind of low costs is, is just so important in compounding that. If you do something sensible and you do it efficiently, then all of those gains get accrued to clients. But everything's on our website. I'd love everyone to log on. <laughs> we'll take one final question, please. It's not about China, is it? Okay, right at the very back. That's our final question because we've run out of time. Thank you very much. Speak up for us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, panel. Uh, Narachi, just wanted to get the panel's uh, general take on commodity stocks such as BHP and Rio Tinto. Firstly, do they think that uh, these stocks are um, priced at their peak or are they, have they sort of corrected themselves in the last few months and on the way up? Anybody? I, 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 I don't right. know them very well, though. I, I will speak on Rio Tinto because I am an investor in Rio Tinto and been, I have been for some time. Um, it's a high dividend yielding company. Obviously, we've got a cycle going on now and a potential super cycle regarding metals and commodities going forward. We've got lots of uncertainty regarding inflation, interest rates all around the world. So, metals and commodity stocks should do better than some stocks. Safe haven usually is gold when they're going to a recession and on really bad markets. And obviously Rio Tinto and other commodities plays should do better than other plays. That's all I'm giving you today. Hope that helps. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this Investing Matters podcast recorded live at the Master Investor Show with our stellar guests, Algie Hall, Moira O'Neill, Jay Younger, and Ian Barnes. We will also be doing another live Investing Matters panel session at the UK Investor Show on the 13th of May at the QE2 Conference Center. So if you enjoyed this one, which I'm sure you did, please pay us a visit 
find the London South East stand on the 13th of May. We'll be recording a live panel session once more at 10 a.m. Our session starts at 10 a.m. and we look forward to seeing you there. Please follow the Invested in Matters podcast on Twitter, on LinkedIn and across social media. And you can find me at Conquest3 on Twitter and I'll keep you posted as to what we're doing next with the Investing Matters podcast. Take care. God bless. Look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Investing Matters. Be sure to check out the London Southeast website for free tools and info to research your next investment. You can also join in the conversation on our social media channels. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more content, including our CEO interviews. Catch you next time.